Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That's Arthi. That's Noor. And you're listening to The Reality Is. Listen, I am like high right now. Okay. Is it like a sugar rush? But I don't have sugar. So it's not a sugar, sugar rush. But I'm sure it's like the insulin of any of the food that I'm consuming. Right. Hitting my, my brain. And you know what? I asked my friends, do you guys feel high when you mm-hmm. break your fast? And they said, um, if you feel in high during Ramadan, I don't think you're doing it right. And I was like, I don't know. I think I am doing it right. Like, <laughs> this feels like the thing that, you know, spiritually speaking. Right. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm in Nirvana. So yeah. I'm very high. I'm so giddy. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're spiritually high right now versus, you know, being... <laughs> comatose after eating a lot of carb, which is what the others are feeling. The others are feeling like Thanksgiving afternoon. They yeah. probably, their bodies are exhausted and they're trying to process all that sugar, but you are like flying high. This is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. I And it's yeah. also because I worked out but right before I started eating. Oh my God. So you fasted all day. Uh-huh. So what time did you fast start or did you have, did you wake up early? Yeah. So I woke up for at a pre-fast. I'm- what is it called? Is, yeah. a, is a pre-fast food called something? For those of you who are listening who are like, what the hell are they talking about? Ramadan started last week. I started fasting this week. And yes, I woke up at 4 a.m. to eat my breakfast. The sun, technically dawn is, I don't know which, is dawn the first ray of light or is dawn when the sun comes up completely? The first ray of light is dawn. What are you talking about? You're asking me the definition of dawn? I don't know. Oh, I'm not quizzing you. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. I'm asking you for it. If the sun comes up, it's morning. It's once it's up. No, but there's it's up, up, I don't, it's morning. Okay, I'm there's, just listen. I'm just gonna, okay. <laughs> okay. Don't give me that look. You are high. <laughs> so, um, so I woke up at four. I ate my breakfast, and then I drank seventy-four ounces of water. Had half a cup of chai. Yeah, and then I peed for hours. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you consume 74 ounces of water, you're like, all right, I'm going to go to sleep now. And then you lay down your bladder's like, mm-mm, I don't think so. <laughs> so, um, so my fast started basically at like 4.45 and I started eating at 7.45 and I worked out for 15 minutes from 7.30 to 7.45. Oh my God. And I think that probably also helped the How like did that help? feeling high. No, like feeling yeah, uh, high. That high feeling that I'm having right now. Now you're going to chase the high tomorrow. This is something you're you're totally into okay. it now. You're going to be chasing Listen. a high, which is completely against what you're trying to do. Here. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> That's not the point of Ramadan. It's not for me to be like, I found a loophole. <laughs> <laughs> to trick your body into thinking. <laughs> Some chemical imbalance or balance that is causing you a uh, oh, super we'll, high. we'll find out. Yeah. You know who else is talking about God a lot? Who's that? One Jennifer Shaw. <laughs> she keeps she posting. Is? Yeah. Is she, she fasting? Do you think she's fasting? Okay. Number one, she's not fasting. No way. She's definitely not fasting. Number two. I bet she's making one of her assistants pass on her behalf. <laughs> she's making her interns pass. One of her interns, one of her assistants, she's, she's, she's sent the encrypted text to two chains and said, you better start fasting. I'll pay your legal fees. Start fasting. She's, she's calling old people, like threatening old people and being like, you need to fast or your, your, the IRS is going to come after you. Yeah, she uh, so she keeps posting stuff and she keeps being like, thank God for everybody who's on my side. And then like she wanted to write Allahu Akbar, but then she wrote Mm. Allah Akbar. And I was like, you know, (laughs) 
That's like very basic. Like you should know how to write that. You know, it's like it's kind of the equivalent of like a person who is Jewish. Instead of writing Shabbat Shalom, they write like Mm. Shalom Shabbat. Like it's just like it's like little basic things like you wouldn't. Yeah. You know, so she keeps posting it and people are like, why does she keep talking about God? And I'm like, well, you know, it could be because she is observing Ramadan. Yeah. It could be because she's trying to use the God angle to get in good Mm -hmm. with people uh-huh. but it, it worked for me like a, <laughs> it did it did it but as like a muslim person i'm like as a person who is religious but also very liberal i'm kind of of the school of thought like anybody can use god whenever they want it's not up mm-hmm. to me because there's a lot of people who are very religious who see somebody using god when they've sinned and say oh mm-hmm. look at that person now oh now you remember god it's like I'm mm-hmm. never going to be that person. But at the yeah. same time, I'm like, Jen, can you please keep God out of this? Because you know what? <laughs> like, we don't need that attention. We don't right. need you to be bundling up with us. <laughs> okay, us Muslims, we've right. got plenty of other problems on our side. <laughs> okay, the world is looking at us for a whole bunch of other mess. Yeah, we don't so need don't, Jen shot and her. Them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't need that. So. Yeah. But yeah, 100% she's not fasting. Yeah, she's not. Because listen, sometimes like right now it's different because it was my first fast. So 10 out of 10, good day. But there are yeah. days when I fast when I there are bad days and I am yeah. – monster yeah so if i can be a monster while i'm fasting could you imagine jen shaw when she's fasting the whole of salt lake city would be on fire right so i'm asking uh, if everybody at home is fasting they all Uh have a bad day how does Uh that go (laughs) how does that go everybody just like walks around the house grunting at each other (laughs) (laughs) he's like wake up in the morning you're just like "Mm." and then (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know? And the kids are eating, so it's fine. My father-in-law eats because he doesn't fast because he's diabetic. Um, yeah. But it's funny in the morning, me and Fahad, oftentimes my children who are old enough to continuously sleep in their own bed still come into my bed in the middle of the night. So oftentimes when we wake up at four to eat, there's two kids in our bed. So we yeah. have to then take turns going downstairs. Yeah, I'll go downstairs, I'll eat my stuff, and then I'll just come upstairs. I just kind of poke them, make a grunting sound like get up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I grunt at him. He grunts up back at me. He goes downstairs. He eats. Everybody gets back into bed. Like, there's no talking. And then I want to say from like, I want to say from like, because 745 is like when we can start eating. I want to say from like 7 to 745, mm-hmm. there's no adults talking in the house. Yeah. All the adults are near just, death. Yeah, they're just waiting <laughs> they're just... for sundown time so you can start eating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, my go-to is I like to curl up with a nice blanket on my couch. Yeah. And it's like the best nap is from 7 to 7.45, like the hour, 45 minutes before you can break your fast. That's a really yeah. good nap. But I did this work out This is the today, hard so. part for me is like, even though you, you're breaking fast at 7.45, you, you're cooking through the day. You're still cooking. You're cooking for the kids. You're making food for them. Yeah. But also you're cooking for the night. Iftar. Is it iftar? Yeah. 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 Iftar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but so. for me, it's different because I have my mother-in-law, so she does help a lot. And she does mm-hmm. a lot of like pre on cooking and then she'll yeah. freeze stuff. She, I mean, she's a pro. She's been doing this a lot longer than I have. Yeah. She, you know, she's got all the tips and tricks. She hits up Restaurant Depot a month before Ramadan. She loads <laughs> up all the things. Like She knows how to prepare for Ramadan. And I just kind of like piggyback off of her and I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll take this out and that out. So it's a lot easier yeah. for me. But I went to the Asian grocery store today. I entered and then the entire first two level aisles were filled with dates. Different kinds of dates. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I know Mejdul Day, but I don't know the other varieties. I'm like, should yeah. I take one of each? Because I want to try them all. So I got yeah. uh, something called Ajwa. Um, I have to go look at it. Ajwa Kajur? Yeah. Ajwa Kajur. And it said, this is the spiritual one. So I was like, I'm going to have it. <laughs> I'm eating the Ajwa Kajur. I don't know what the significance of it is. I guess it must be like the nook of the desert where it comes from. Yeah. Why no, it's like from? there's like Iranian ones and then juicy ones, tough ones, very sweet and not so sweet. And it's all different kinds of... I went, I did a deep dive on dates if you, if you can tell. <laughs> Okay, wait, let me let me see. I think the ajwa is just like the oldest type of date that there is. And I think maybe that's why. Yeah, maybe that's why. But it, I guess it's mentioned as the date to have. 
to breakfast or something like that. Yeah. Was, yeah. And it's like the, a very, I'm going, yeah. Yeah. I'm going from Wikipedia. So Wikipedia may, you know, who knows? Honestly, <laughs> that's where I go and I'm a Muslim. So majority of my learning is from Wikipedia. Right. Right. There were still some, some Muslim folks still shopping. Yeah. And it was like before sundown and they're still in the store shopping. And I'm like, you want to sit down? I'll go buy your stuff for you. Do you want to sit down? <laughs> Oh, you're so sweet. Oh, my God. The worst thing is to go to the grocery store when you're fasting. Yeah. I mean, even on a normal day, you go to grocery store and you feel hungry and you start you start buying things you don't even need. So can you imagine like, if you've been fasting? If you go to the grocery store fasting, it's like the equivalent of like going to the grocery store when you're stoned out of your mind and have like all the yes. munchies. That's it's exactly yes. the same experience, yes. which I feel like is a sin just saying those things together. But you know what? I'll take <laughs> right now you're high a high on nothing so you're high on chai mm. right now so yeah my husband made me a delicious cup of chai and i watched married to medicine and this is the yeah. first time my husband has ever sat down and watched an entire episode of a show on bravo with me he was so tired he just sat down next to you eating he was like, you know, okay, it whatever's be, on, whatever's on, let's watch it. Yeah, it could be one of two things. It could be that he was too tired to get up or it could be that because the Married to Medicine episode was so good. Yeah, it was. It was really good. It was definitely an episode. If, if you want to convince your loved ones to watch a show on Bravo, this is what we mm-hmm. say all the time. Married to Medicine is the show. Man, mm-hmm. it was such a good episode. This is the one where when people tell you, what, you watch reality shows you tell them to watch this show and they're like are you judging me now (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly Mm -hmm. so this week on married to medicine the doctors and wives went to washington dc for their most important medical mission and you have to remember if this is for some reason your first time watching married to medicine they do this every single season every Mm -hmm. season you got a couple of things you got these intros of their relationships then you've got a medical mission trip you have a couple's trip and then you have like a finale finale party. And it's such a good formula that they found on Married to Medicine. And every single year, they just, it works. It's brilliant TV every single time. Right. Every single time, Heavenly says some insanity. Like it's- It's just, it's so good. But anyway, they go on this medical mission as ambassadors to the March on Washington. Reverend Al Sharpton and Ben Crump come for dinner to discuss race relations in America. But as usual, because it's married to medicine, there has to be tensions brewing between (laughs) doctors and the wives. Wives. As a recycled friend, Carrie, reveals to Toya and Anila that Heavenly and Contessa have been questioning their intelligence. Where do we start? Do you want to start with Carrie or you want to start with Let's start with, let's Let's start with the actual let's yeah let's let's go with they went to they went on a pj to dc and the pj scene is hysterical to me and here's why (laughs) everyone is it was so funny everyone is you know coming in strutting slowly onto their pj each person that walks to the pj they get their own music they getting up there they strutting in it's super sexy and then they get onto the plane and it's a whole lot of squeezing in and shuffling oh shuffling in it oh excuse me pardon me excuse me pardon me like it's so funny because it's like this big fancy thing but then when you get in you're still having the same issues that you do like they had the sound of the whistling sound of the airplane sitting there with this big ass bag on her lap and she's like <laughs> she's like crammed into her space and then she's watching you know Toya come in and then it's uh, uh Lisa Nicole and Carrie yeah. and she's like where are these girls going she didn't even know they were coming. That PJ, PJs would be enjoyable if there were like four or five people flying. But yeah, that was yeah. packed like a, like a bus. They were packed like sardines in there. Sardines in there. <laughs> they were packed like sardines. I was, I was surprised that many people could fit into that PJ and that the pilot didn't come and say, couple of you have to get out. <laughs> it's way overweight for this PJ. You have to, you it have to leave your bags behind or something. It was so funny because, like, even the way the cameras were set up, you couldn't get a shot of everybody on the PJ. They kept having right. these like weird angles that looked like I couldn't quite the figure out. Cameramen were, were also in the PJ, so the cameraman is in the PJ, <laughs> and then at least one or two flew with them because they were there was yes. footage yes. during the flight, and even that there was like a footage of like the cockpit. Was there a footage of the cockpit at one point where it was like, yes. 
like where was the cameraman standing? He must have been standing like between the seat of the pilot and the and the window, the wall of the plane. I was like, how is this happening? You know what I can, I keep imagining. So, guys, if you've never seen the way the public transportation works in South Asia, mm-hmm. it, it kind of looks like this. Okay, right. it's uh, overcrowded. A public bus in India and Pakistan is exactly yes. this situation. There's, there's, there's a million people. There's people standing. There's people, people with hanging. stuff on the roof. People hanging people off hanging the sides. <laughs> Just imagine the, bu- the, the public trans the public transport buses in India have like these little you know knobs and you know uh, <laughs> they're like these some stuff handles like pointing out handles but also there's like uh, nuts and bolts that are sticking out that you can hang you can put one foot on and balance. While you're hanging, like, uh, with one hand and half your... Like, you could put your foot down and you would hit the road. And you could still yes. hang like that and go. And I have done all of that. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I, have, it's, I have travel hanging out of the bus like that. Because the speed is so slow, you could actually walk with the bus. <laughs> and here's the thing. I think there were so many people in that PJ. I don't know how fast that was. Because... <laughs> People were just, you know, the Bravo cameraman found a little nut and bolt to like lodge himself on. He was holding on to a strap. He was just like, it's fine. I'm good. Don't know. I don't need a seat. It's okay. It's okay. It was hilarious. I loved it so much. So they get to this house. It's a beautiful house. There's, you don't want to talk about the room quiz. Oh, no, no. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, no. So so they get to the house and they have this dinner with Al Sharpton and Ben Crump. And it is phenomenal. It's mm. excellent. But the bus ride from the airport to the Airbnb, like that whole ride where they're playing that trivia game is like <laughs> another example of why Married to Medicine is just a fantastic show that shows real life with reality TV. Like yeah. this is what it was like over the summer. It really yeah. was what it was like over the summer. And I think like we often get really bogged down when we see news on TV. Like just this week in America, we had a mass shooting Every single day, every Mm -hmm. single day this week. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so you can look at the news and you can get really disheartened and really heartbroken and and often feel like you shouldn't be allowed to enjoy life or like you shouldn't be able to make jokes. Yeah. And you shouldn't be able to say to your friends, y'all get on my motherfucking nerves, but look at heavenly. She does it. Okay. (laughs) Married to medicine shows you you're going, they're going down for this important trip. They're talking about these important topics. They're having this trivia, but the trivia, like I almost felt like I was expecting the episode episode itself to be, you know, very educational and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was going to be more so when they do have the conversation with mm-hmm. Al Sharpton and Ben Crump, which mm-hmm. a majority of it was. Yeah. But that quiz in the bus was actually so cool. It was so great the way they so seamlessly talked mm-hmm. about like, you know, the erasure of black history mm-hmm. in America mm-hmm. when they talked yeah. about who created the borders of Washington, D.C. Because I always thought it was L'Enfant because there's yeah. a L'Enfant Square in like yeah. D.C. So like I always thought that's what it was but then i learned something watching married to medicine and it was like first of all i fucking love eugene yeah i love eugene so much yes but just like the way that so seamlessly talk about these things that were really important that are really hard to hear that are really sad to think about that this the erasure of black Americans in this country for mm-hmm. 400 years. But they talk about it so seamlessly. Because it's their history and it's their natural yes. history. It's not put on for a show. It's what they might have done otherwise too if there wasn't a camera. That's how it feels. It feels so natural. Yes. I think that's perfectly said. It's exactly what they would do even if there was no camera there. Mm-hmm. If they were to have a meeting with Al Sharpton and Ben Crump, they would probably have the exact same conversation there. Right. Contessa would still show up late. <laughs> so but She's also- so busy up there talking <laughs> in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> she wanted to have a scene uh, with her husband and she, she saw that one cameraman was still waiting. Can you imagine the cameraman who was like, I could be down there with Al Sharpton, but I have to... <laughs> film the two of you here right why he's like first of all i had to hold on to a nut and a bolt to get over here on the goddamn (laughs) pj now i'm stuck here in this bathroom with scott and contessa yeah (laughs) talking nonsense and then they're giving each other kisses and they're talking about the importance of what they're doing and i'm like go downstairs (laughs) it's so funny 
But also, they looked out of the window, saw Al Sharpton, and said, ah, no, that's not him. I'm like, and Al Sharpton is in his signature blue yeah. look. It's his signature look. If I spotted him, I would be like, that's Al Sharpton. How yes. they didn't recognize him, I don't know. First, I was like, everybody's wearing a mask, and Lisa Nicole isn't. And then Anila and Carrie go and shake hands while everybody is, like, bumping elbows. And they, they go and shake hands. I'm like, he's a national treasure. You don't touch him yeah <laughs> like yeah why don't you go what lick you his guys? face next you idiot like what are you doing <laughs> oh my gosh yeah it was a fantastic conversation it was yeah. it was wonderful and i mean i can't imagine getting that opportunity but it, it just right. goes to show again when you get people of color on a tv show and especially yeah. in a space like bravo and they've been given this opportunity to have this like massive platform this is their choice. I mean, you yeah. know that the cast of Married to Medicine, I'm sure the producers were involved there as well. But these guys, the Married to Medicine cast always has a lot of control about where they go on trips, what mm -hmm. they're doing on trips and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And it kind of goes to show also that reality TV stars also have a lot of control about what is actually going to be shown on their show that mm -hmm. season, right? So right. for example, I mean, we're going to talk about Summer House later. These guys keep planning parties every week. I'm sure there was some discussion with production about the parties that they want to plan over the, mm -hmm. the entire course mm -hmm. of the season. So on TV shows, when they say stuff like, oh, well, that didn't come up or we couldn't naturally put that in and all that kind of stuff, like Married to Medicine shows shows you that the ability to talk about politics and race can be done mm -hmm. so seamlessly. And mm -hmm. it is on the reality TV stars to mm -hmm. bring that attention to the forefront. This right. is your platform. This is your chance to talk about it. I mean, even Atlanta, in the middle of the bolo of it all, mm -hmm. they still chose in South Carolina to sit down and watch, and watch. the Breonna Taylor verdict. Yeah. So yeah. anybody who says, oh, I want to keep politics out of Bravo, or I want to keep politics out of reality TV, or it just didn't come up because it wasn't important at that time, it's bullshit. Yeah. It should come yeah. up because it's real life. So that that is the interesting thing about both Atlanta Atlanta this this season and Merit Medicine every season is that you see the real people as well as the reality stars. So you have the reality persona of theirs where they they take on like small little fights and they blow it up and they have these intense arguments and things like that. But then they also have a real side to them and that's so well depicted and well balanced in Merit Medicine. Yep than it is in yeah. every, any other show. They balanced the tension between Heavenly and Toya and Perfectly. with with Black Lives Matter. You would not think that these two things would go together, but they do it so perfectly and seamlessly because I think they are a little bit more real than a lot of the other folks are on TV. I think they're getting, getting out of hand a little bit. Heavenly certainly is very aware of what she's doing and how she speaks and things like that. Yeah. But even she cannot hold back. Eventually she goes back to her usual heavenly self which is what she she eventually goes back to y'all getting on my motherfucking nerves <laughs> yes and I think that's where she should stay. That's her real her. And I think that's okay yeah. to stay in that space. But yeah, it was it was beautiful. And, and Al Sharpton, I thought that Al Sharpton was also a little bit excited to be on Bravo. He was smiling. I was so. like, yeah, yeah. I thought he was happy to be there, to be with all these marital medicine ladies. He was quite happy to see them. But also I think what he said was so true. To see that many Black doctors yep. and accomplished people around the table coming together to talk on this important topic when just a few years ago, a few decades ago, you could not imagine that being true. That's a yeah. big shift. And that's a that's a monumental thing to see. They should be proud of themselves. All of the all of the doctors and their wives should be proud of where they are and who they are and what they represent to the communities. That is super. Yeah. Like for people of color, there's a lot of ways that we've been taught, you know, you have to be successful. And obviously, I don't think becoming a reality TV star is at the top of anybody's list. Mm -hmm. It's not really something that we're doing. Right. Okay. Nobody's right. nobody's raising their kids, maybe, except for Lisa Rinna. Nobody is raising their kids to just be thirsty for the limelight. Mm -hmm. Right. But like, yeah. People of color are not using our, their opportunities, their education for instances like that. And I think the nice thing about Married to Medicine, and especially this episode, is even Ben Crump said, you know, when he went to law school, the presidents yeah. of black students yeah. when he was in law school. It's like, this is where we can shine. 
as yeah. people. If we talk, you know, when you feel hopeless and you feel like you can't do anything and you feel like you're backed up against a wall, you can do something as little as just get involved. I mean, Al Sharpton said he just got involved when he was younger. Yeah. He put in his iPad password and it lit up or something. That's what he said. <laughs> And it just clicked for him. Yeah. You know, and it was something that he wanted to get involved in. He was a teenager. Yeah. And it's on us as people to take the opportunity, if it's available to us, to get involved in whatever way we can. It sounds really dumb. And yeah. it feels silly sometimes to say it, but like, you know, even Arthi and I taking the time to talk to each other about these things and creating a podcast. And look, we have a very, very teeny tiny, itty bitty little platform, but even our opportunity that we get to talk about the things that we talk about, there's people that message us all the time saying, I didn't know that. Thank yeah. you for telling us that. I'm so excited to hear that. We're, right. We love hearing about your culture. We, You know, these are the places where you can get your voice out. You can feel like you have autonomy over you and yourself and the way that you are mm-hmm. to be treated and the way that your voice is important. Mm-hmm. And watching Married to Medicine is great because you have a perfect blend of both things. You have these people that have done the thing. They've done the thing that they generationally are told to do. Mm-hmm. Get a good job, become a doctor, become a lawyer, be successful. But Eugene is still dealing with things like a you know a patient coming yeah. in and saying the n-word to his face right so you can do all the things but you still have to then we still as people of color especially black people have mm-hmm. to still go and do the work to get to make sure that racism or race issues are not a problem in mm-hmm. everyday yeah. america and they're as right. long as we keep having these conversations we can at least chip away a little bit at a time at this stuff also speaking of the kind of on the same topic did you hear ebony's the Roni taglines came out. No, did you see that? I did not. No, I did not. Ebony's is amazing. What Hold is on, it? Let me look it up. I mean, it, I was very, I'm very happy to see it because I'm surprised that Bravo went with it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feels like she wrote it on her own. It was mm-hmm. amazing. Ebony's tagline is, I've had to work twice as hard for half as much, but now I'm coming for everything. Wow. Can you believe that? Like that, wow. I just got goosebumps reading it. It makes yeah. me so happy because it's a fucking truth. It's I the wanna, fucking I truth. I want to write it and put it. Put a sticky of it on my desk. <laughs> right? It's okay. so inspirational. Oh, my God. It is so inspirational. It is right. so inspirational. And it's the same thing, right? Like, these doctors have worked twice as hard as anybody else to get yeah. to where they are. And they're still working so hard so that everybody right. can have everything. And that right. is that is why I freaking love Married to Medicine. Yeah, yeah. It's my favorite, favorite show. I don't know. I cannot think of another yeah. one that's so good. And then you have thirst buckets like Carrie stirring uh, up drama for no reason. I'm like, on a, it, it, they've come on a trip for Black Lives Matter and you're trying to split all these black folks. That's what I, that's what hit me. I'm like, Carrie, that was insensitive of you to bring that up here. Why would you do that? So here's the thing. Now, first of all, I do think that Heavenly and Contessa made a statement or said made a comment like that to Carrie. Oh, yeah, totally. 100%. 100%. But it was like Teresa says, it's the joke. Get it? Yeah. Ha ha. Uh-huh. Like, I don't think yeah. it was real. And Carrie, just to stir up, stir it up and create, you know, yeah. screen time. First of is all, coming I don't, I don't think... I don't think anyone, I don't think Contessa and Heavenly would call anyone truly much smarter than they are. (laughs) They wouldn't call her smart. That's an odd phrase, but they might have said it as a joke. But, you know, it's still not something... And I totally think they said it, but I don't think that it was the appropriate place for Carrie to bring it up just before they go on a march. It was so weird. It's so weird. And I was glad that they kept asking. And Nila asked a couple of times, are you sure they said that? Did they really say that? She was asking, like, why would they say something like that? I think ultimately we will find out that they did not because social media shows me that Anila is very close to Contessa and Heavenly. Hmm. Interesting. So I did crack up seeing the previews for next episode and seeing that Carrie and Lisa Nicole just get left behind while the party <laughs> bus drives away. <laughs> I'm so happy. It's so that. funny. It's I know so they funny. are hanging on. They're hanging on us. They're like, they don't have a storyline. Oh my God. Yeah. Stoya is bringing them solely to irritate the other ladies, especially Heavenly. <laughs> and it, they seriously don't belong there. Why are they even there? I mean, with this group, I mean, they couldn't be there in DC for protesting if they wanted to, but yeah. why are they hanging out with these two 
the, you know what they are. What they this, yeah, the bus is full. Okay, right. the public transportation bus is full. And Lisa Nicole are those people that you see in the buses in India and Pakistan just hanging on to the side, about to hang off. They're yeah, riding then, the bus. Yeah, but then <laughs> their slipper breaks and then they have to jump off. <laughs> Just as the bus speeds off, their chapel breaks, and they're like, "Oh shit!" And they have to jump off. And they have to walk. They have to take that slipper, walk over to the corner cobbler to fix it before they get on the bus again. This is such. This, this reference is dating me even to my Desi listeners. They're gonna be like, "What? No. What decade are you from?" No, that's still very prevalent now, okay? It's still the same situation can definitely happen now. All right, you want to talk about Summer House? Yeah. Okay, so this week on Summer House. So, Lindsay, is Lindsay next door, by the way? She is next door. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, Lindsay today posted a picture of herself with an adorable little child, and she geotagged at West Orange, New Jersey. You guys, that's where I live. (laughs) So I commented on it actually saying, make sure I was like, hey, you're in our neck of the woods. And if you on your way out, make sure you stop at uh, Jared's Bagels. They make amazing chicken salad sandwiches. (laughs) And she liked it, but she didn't say she did not DM me and ask me for more details. But then I was like, if you really, truly love me, you would bring me that salad, not tell me where it is. Yeah, that's true. Oh, damn. I missed opportunity (laughs) because then I looked up. So I'm a freak of nature, guys. Okay, I'm a psychopath. I admit it. She tagged the child, obviously, with the child's mother's Instagram. Yeah. I clicked on the mother's Instagram. Okay, I know where they live. Okay, they don't live that far from me. Probably like the next neighborhood over. So Lindsay Hubbard was in my neck of the woods for real. So I'm going to keep my eye out on it. But also, should I try to become friends with that person? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Find out where she goes to gym, where she gets her coffee, go become friends. Okay, 100%. I'm on it. No problem. I'll report back. Find out where the kid goes to school. Send send Noah there. Would not be shocked if the child goes to the same school as Noah. There's yeah. a lot, a lot of schools around here, and everybody yeah. usually sends their little babies yeah. to the same daycare. But yeah, yeah, I'm on it. I'll do it for the do it for That's the team. Scary. That's scary that somebody could track somebody else through these geotags and tags so easily. I'm scared for that mother that a psychopath like this <laughs> already figured out is going to enter their lives and they have no clue who who you are. I mean, look, I'm just trying to become friends with Lindsay, okay? My whole purpose, here's hear me out, okay? I want to become friends with Lindsay, but not Mm -hmm. that close friends because she still scares me. But then I want to be able to be the person who pushes her to finally be on Real Housewives of New York Uh just so I can get finally invited to Bluestone Manor. Nice. That's a all roads wide... lead to Dorinda. Dorinda Ridley. <laughs> For me. But you have For an me. easier path through Richie D. But okay. I know. I know. <laughs> You're right. You're right. We do. <laughs> we do. I don't, you know, I don't want to just hang on to Richie's coattails that way. I'd rather <laughs> hang on to Lindsay's coattails that way. <laughs> It'll right. be an exciting ride. That coattail will have an exciting ride. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna hang on to Richie's coattails, like the butts, the the, the nooks and crannies of a full bus in India. <laughs> okay, so this week on Summer House, Carl throws a derby themed party, and there's a housemates horse race. What's happening in the Summer House? But more importantly, Lindsay decides to take her relationship to the next level. She wants to figure out what her ring size is, and she also wants to inform Luke. Stephen Stravi has been ejaculating inside of her. (laughs) Luke's face. Luke's face is like, oh, okay. Oh. (laughs) Luke's face, he just blinks. Look at the same face that he had when Des told him about him and Hannah. Yeah. It was the same exact. Yeah. Luke is like, why is everybody telling me? This information. First death, now Lindsay. Why? Why do why do people have to come and give me a sex confessional? Yeah, he's like, I don't, don't need, need to know, to know that. 
<laughs> no. And then, of course, Hannah and Des just make out the entire time. Oh, they're there. That was so, oh, that was painful to watch. Yeah. So, Des and Hannah, they spend the whole episode making out. And then yeah. Hannah feels attacked by her mm-hmm. friends when they're all like, we don't know Des because we didn't get to hang out with him. And mm-hmm. then Hannah is like, just being the worst. And, you know, based on social media, it looks like she's really on the outs with the group. Mm-hmm. People yeah. are not thrilled with Hannah Burner. No. So somebody on, uh, I, I forget who posted it, so I'm sorry, I don't remember. But somebody posted a meme of Kyle and Amanda being the new Ariana and Tom. Des and Hannah being the uh, Jackson Britney. But even even then, I wouldn't even say it's it's not totally Jackson Britney. It's Jackson Britney if it was like swapped. Like, yes. Hannah is as thirsty as Jax and Des is as thirsty as Britney, you know? Yeah. Just like Britney walked in in her tiny little shorts into Sir. That's that's exactly how Des walked into this show. He's as thirsty as Britney. But yeah. Exactly. The thing that annoyed me the most about Hannah was like, fine, you want to make out with your boyfriend the whole time. I don't think that's a big deal. Whatever. The thing that was irritating was every time she talked about Luke, it was like, oh, Luke is my ex. He's not your ex. ex. No. Luke has been telling that from the beginning. He's like, I'm not your boyfriend. I'm not your ex. If you're not your, if he's not your boyfriend, then he's not your ex. What are you talking about? I like the fact that she keeps saying it because I love that it's on camera and I love mm-hmm. that she's going to have to respond to it. Mm-hmm. But also online, she's now, I think, at some either it was a podcast or somewhere, she has now admitted that the psychic thing was all made up, which we what? all knew. Because we have eyes and ears and a brain that partially functions sometimes. No, I didn't think it was made up in the sense that she made it up. I thought somebody pretending to be a psychic said that is what I thought. I didn't think that she would actually have made the whole thing up. So I don't know. It might be a mixture of both. Yeah. But she was very aware that it was not as real as she made it out to be on the show. Mm-hmm. She thinks she she's understanding the assignment. That's the problem. She thinks she's understanding the assignment. And she This is what she's supposed to do. But she, she doesn't realize that she's not doing what she's supposed to do, which is just be herself. Yeah, just be yourself. And I think the problem is that Hannah, I think, is actually a very insecure person. Mm -hmm. And I think she realizes that the person that Hannah wants to be more like in like the page Mm -hmm. is not who she is. No. So she has to take a different track. Yeah. And this is the track that she's on and it sucks. And I'm just glad that everybody is like really over her. I am coming Um, to a point where I am. I'm going over to the side where I feel sad like sad for how desperate she is. I feel sad for her. I knew that would happen because you're a nice person. <laughs> but I still won't admit that she's funny. She's not funny. I'll still say she's un and she's unfunny. That's not that doesn't change the facts of it, but I can be sad about. I can feel sorry for her. Mm, I don't feel sorry for her, but you're a nice person. <laughs> What else happened on the episode? They did the derby race. Mm-hmm. Kyle um, and Amanda talked about how this is their wedding weekend and they weren't getting married and how they've already felt married and all that stuff. We saw a little bit of Stravi and Luke's bromance when they were on the beach. They were hugging and they were like playing with the football and there was a little bit of grabbing here and there. So that was interesting. <laughs> It was also nice to see that Danielle and Robert really are perfect for each other. Because Mm -hmm. just the same way we can't quite figure out why Danielle is friends with these people, we also can't quite figure out why Robert is so beloved by all these people. (laughs) But it turns out that Robert is a chef. Yeah. So that could also be why. That's why it made sense that he was like, I turned on the stove. Yeah. Because these fuckers <laughs> complained all this time. Oh, we have a broken stove. Those guys came, took all those trips to the Hamptons, put themselves yeah. at risk, wore all those masks, went into a house to fix yeah. the stove. And mm-hmm. these bastards didn't even turn it on once until Robert showed up. Yeah. Well, then, <laughs> and then what happened was uh, Hannah and Des did not interact a lot with the, fa- uh, with the house. And then after yeah. Des left, it was brought up. Yeah. she's And then she starts taking it out on these folks. And then she's like, if you're coming for my boyfriend and, you know, Amanda is like, no, we're not even coming for you. You are you are the one that is not letting him interact with us. We don't know anything about him. And she just goes bonkers as yeah. usual. She sucks. As, as usual, she sucks. Yeah. Okay, now I don't feel sorry about it. I just remembered that she went bonkers. 
Yeah. And you know what else really offended me the whole time? It's like I get it at one point. Like I get it if they wanted to like be hooking up with each other. They wanted to have alone time while everybody was at the beach, all this stuff. Fine. That makes sense to me. But like at one point, everybody is partying and they're sitting in their room and they're eating pizza. Mm hmm. And I thought that that was really strange. Now, there's people on the internet that have somebody posted that there's like borderline sort of controlling abusive behaviors here Mm -hmm. where a lot of times somebody, especially in relationships where there's like a massive age difference, but not even when there's an age difference. A lot of times men will do this thing where especially when they date a girl who is very social and very bubbly and very loud and all that stuff is once they are in a relationship with her. They will make sure that she is sort of separated from the group. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that that's what Des is doing. It seems like Des was separating himself because Des is sober. Yeah. And so he didn't want to be around everybody right. drinking, which right. I think is totally fine. Yeah. But besides that first night where he decides to tell everybody that he and Let Hannah fucked on their second date, we don't see Des interacting with the rest of the group at no. all or even having a meal with the rest of the group. Yeah. Like, there's no reason why you couldn't have had, like, lunch or yeah. breakfast or anything yeah. with these yeah. people. Or had They're not drunk 24-7. Right. Yeah, I think he felt uncomfortable in in a group of young people that were much younger than him that had a, already had a group thing going and a conversation going and he couldn't keep up with them. That's not saying but even that then, a, like how much younger? Yeah, it's no, not, it's like not that I'm so not saying younger. younger. Yeah. I'm just saying that they had they were a close knit group of friends and he felt like the outsider. And yeah, and whatever Hannah had told him about Kyle and about Luke. And then, you know, once once death leaves. Hannah is so eager to find out from Luke. Luke, do you like him? And then Luke says, no, I don't like him. And she's like, how can he say he doesn't like me? Like Des, he can, how dare he say he doesn't like Des? Like, and that's when Amanda says, well, we don't know Des. We don't know. So yeah. he's saying we don't know. And she just gets so upset that people didn't like, A, did not it like was, Des. Or B, yeah. did not, when she came back to the girls and said how Luke was saying that he didn't like Des, she wanted the girls to say, oh, yeah, he had you know, his chance with you and now he doesn't and now he's feeling jealous. And the girls were like, yeah, we didn't either. And so that yeah. sort of like threw her off and she's having another tantrum because of that. She's She comes up to him and she's like, oh, but he just, he wanted to spend time with me and that's why he didn't spend time with you guys. So she's like, okay. But then they're like, yeah, but it would be nice of you, like Robert, spend a lot of time with me and with the mm-hmm. rest of the group. Like that's the whole dynamic yeah. of the house. And then she goes, well, he knows that I've fought with every single person in this house. So that's why he wasn't really wanting to hang out with you. So it's like, okay, so you want the guys to like him, Mm -hmm. but you've also talked shit about the same guys to your boyfriend Mm -hmm. to the point where now your boyfriend doesn't want to hang out with these people. Yeah. But now you're mad that these people don't like your boyfriend. Like Hannah, you created this mess yourself. Nobody else is to blame. Everything that has happened in the summer house this time, she's earned her pay for this job. She has done something every episode, but it's only made her more unlikable. By not yes. just not just us as audience, but also by our housemates. Nobody seems to like her. They're just hanging out with her because they have to hang out with her. But there was previews that next week Amanda chooses Paige as her bridesmaid, but Hannah didn't even know about it. So I, like, I, I yeah, that's gonna drive Hannah through, you know, her jealousy through the roof. She's not going to understand that. Yeah. And I think that there's a very, there's a thing that where nobody's talking about, obviously, which is the stuff that's going on off camera. So mm-hmm. obviously, Kyle and Amanda have Loverboy and they're using the show to promote Loverboy. Mm-hmm. But the reason why Hannah gained so much popularity, especially after the show, is because of the Giggly Squad. That stuff, the podcast, like really took off. And who mm-hmm. came up with the Giggly Squad? Kyle came Kyle up with did. the Giggly Squad. Yeah. Then on top of that, Hannah got on the Bravo chat room. Mm-hmm. And Kyle is, I mean, Summer House is Kyle's show. Yeah. So I think that there is that unspoken thing of like, this is why she's not really like chumming it up with the group. And that's sort mm-hmm. of the unspoken thing there is. I think Hannah feels like I don't need to answer to Kyle because I have my own place on Bravo now. Mm-hmm. I have my own space mm-hmm. on a different show on Bravo. I have my own podcast. Yeah. Whereas Kyle is sort of like, you wouldn't have had all that shit if we didn't let you, or if, especially if I didn't let you live in this house. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's kind of one. I think that's the that's the tension between Kyle and Hannah, yeah. and actually Hannah and the rest of the house because. 
because the rest of the house does hang out with Kyle. They do produce content. They do sort of do stuff to make themselves a part of the group. And I think that's the other thing we're not talking about. Des came to spend time with his girlfriend, but also Des came to be part of a a show. Yeah. And then he didn't do anything with the rest of the group besides touch each other's tongues in the middle of the kitchen. Who does that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They were not even drinking and they were doing that. Yeah. I was like, that's yeah. inexcusable. You're doing that sober in the middle of the yeah. day? Yeah. Disgusting. The, yeah. Disgusting. <laughs> Speaking of disgusting, the only thing that yeah. was more disgusting was Sierra's room and how she got into the bed. Like her bed was piled with shit. And she cleared a small little square foot patch and then inserted herself under her comforter without disturbing anything on top. She left the mess and just entered under the mess. So all of that clothes and all the mess was just on top of her. And she went to sleep Mm -mm. just like that. It was really, truly disgusting. I cannot imagine a nurse being that messy. I know that people are often people who have to be super duper particular and clean at work are Mm -hmm. often the opposite at home. And I think that that's what's happening with Sierra. That being said, I feel like only skinny people can do that. Because if I had a square foot of space on my bed, I'd be a big, well, first of all, I'd be a big fat slob because that's what they would call me. But also my big fat ass could not be getting into a square foot of space on my bed. I need, I need the whole bed cleared up so my fat ass can spread out. Yeah. Sarah don't have, I mean, she's got a great ass, but she don't have a big fat ass like I do. Yeah. And she doesn't need all that space on Mm -hmm. her bed. True. Also, when we were on Dumpster Dive, Taria from What Else Is Going On podcast was on, and she said that Carl looks like somebody who eats spaghetti and drinks milk. (laughs) We have to say again. There are plates of old spaghetti and Mm -hmm. old glasses of milk in Sierra's room. Okay, Taria, like there's no way that that's not true. No. If anybody is hoarding old bowls of spaghetti and dairy in their room, it's Sierra. Yeah. You know, she waits for everybody to go to sleep and then she probably carries her because she's got like that back stairway to the kitchen. Mm -hmm. So she carries all her old dishes into the kitchen at that time when nobody's looking. Yeah. Gross. What happened? And then, and then it's the end of the season. Yeah. Next week is the season finale. But then they yeah. are also they got to have a reunion that is not at the clubhouse. Yeah. Not on Zoom. They got their own whatever. It's going to be like a fake something or another. Yeah. Like, what's the set design going to be for? I don't know. The house reunion. It will be. Andy I has- bet. I bet it'll be just like it did for Charleston. Like behind every person will be their rooms <laughs> that they decorated, and you know, Carl's will have the Amish farm behind. Oh, him. maybe. Or it'll if it's actually recreating their rooms during the show, it'll just mm-hmm. be a pile of mess behind Sierra's. <laughs> I know. It'll just be like racks of clothes behind Paige. <laughs> I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if they'll just bring bring all of Sierra's dirty laundry and just dump it behind her. <laughs> like, here's all the stuff we had to wade through to film you. One other thing. I will say about Luke is I totally get even though I I disagree with Hannah on everything when Des leaves and Luke goes to sit down and talk to Hannah yeah he is very flirty Flirty. he's very flirty he's very touchy-feely he's so touchy-feely he's like let me put sunscreen on you he does he okay listen dude she's got a boyfriend you cannot be rubbing the sand off of a girl's face yeah okay you can say you got some sand on your face but don't you put your hand on her face yeah lucas i know (laughs) looking all hot with your haircut and your confessional (laughs) (laughs) but he did it and i was like oh i'm blushing (laughs) i know i know Well, that was it. That was it. It was two good episodes. Two solid episodes of Bravo television. Yeah. We were supposed to have a guest on today. (laughs) Yeah, we were supposed to have a guest on today, but there was some miscommunication. Yeah, so we might just have a guest on next episode. Keep listening. (laughs) Maybe, maybe not. Okay, one more thing I will say is like in terms of the reunion, I think Andy recorded like six reunions last week. What? Yeah, so he did what? He did... Jersey? Did he do Jersey? So they did Dallas. Dallas. Um, Summer Atlanta. House. Atlanta. Atlanta. So I think Atlanta was like two weeks ago, but it's been back to back lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dallas, Atlanta, Summer House, Jersey is coming up. Like there's a lot of shit. Yeah. Oh, no, Jersey yeah. recorded already, actually. Jersey recorded. 
And then we have now previews and trailers already for Potomac, oh, Potomac. New York, obviously, Shaz of Sunset, oh Family Karma. It's going to be a packed summer. I can't wait. Did I you see the Shaz, Shaz trailer? I did not see the Shaz yet, but I cannot wait for Potomac to come back. You saw this Potomac, like five <laughs> seconds of Potomac? <laughs> It was like random five seconds of Potomac. It was like if this was so good that Bravo felt like let's just throw it at these let's just throw it at these animals let them devour it. <laughs> like I just can't imagine how much better. It just so freaking funny. All of it was amazing. But you know what was incredible was Wendy looks and Wendy looks completely different. But she Candace so good. was missing in that in that uh, preview. She was missing. Maybe she went to the bathroom this time and then she's going to come back and there's going to be madness. I don't know. I just look, the thing about Potomac that was fantastic when the first show first started was the sort of simmering feud between Karen and Giselle. And that's always been there. And I do feel like when Monique came on, it became sort of a Monique and Giselle feud for the most part. Yeah. And now I'm happy that we're going back to basics. We're going back to Giselle versus Karen because that's the best. That's the best. That is the best. I love watching them fight. I love watching them do stuff together. I love the shade. It's it's perfect TV. I, so le- I'm very, I love very them and they're it. friendly. I love them when they go at, at each other. It's still so good. Yeah, still like so when good. Karen yeah. broke down at that reunion, Giselle went and like hugged her because yeah. Giselle's not she's she's a monster in that she cannot dress and she's a monster <laughs> at fashion, but she's not yeah. like an actual monster, I feel like at yeah. the end of the day you know, they're saying that that meme, so-and-so knows the assignment. Mm-hmm. Giselle knows the assignment. Okay. Yeah. So that's so why. So does Karen. So does Karen. And she would do the same Karen, thing. Karen wrote the assignment. She created the <laughs> curriculum. Okay. She's passing out the syllabus to these women. Okay. You want to talk about assignment. Okay. Yeah. Karen. Karen is she, the professor, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's the dean. <laughs> I was going to say Wendy. Wendy is the one that's quizzing them, but okay. <laughs> uh, and Robin is fa- Robin is failing, but sca- you know she's okay. just skating through. <laughs> Robin, skating through. Robin is like the Robin is like the the kid that like came to college on a basketball scholarship, but like he's yeah. just copying off of his, like he's copying off of Giselle to see what is going on, but occasionally. Will like do a, a presentation of something just, where you're like, oh, yeah. that person is smart, and you're like, no, but you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Are you feeling a little better now? You got it out of all I, the giggles out of your system. I still got plenty of giggles, your sister. You start talking to me about Indian transportation, I'll go at it again. Okay? I have to find a picture or two to post so. You- People know what we are talking about. <laughs> okay, Google. Just Google Indian bus, Indian public bus. Yeah, Indian crowded public bus. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know if you need to write crowded because I feel no. like that's like synonymous that's, with yes, the actual that's synonymous. bus. That's yeah. true. <laughs> I am kind of coming off the high now. Suddenly, yeah. <laughs> suddenly I'm like shutting all systems. I'm like shutting down. <laughs> well, well, then we will shut down here. This is a good week. Oh, what a segue, Dorothy. Look at you. (laughs) I'm trying to shut this down because you you are loopy. That's it for this week. Bye.